Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I am incredibly honored that you are here today becoming the conscious mama you were born to be. Today we have another amazing podcast discovery call. I know they're always all amazing, but I'm just like so honored that I can one do these and another that women are willing to come on and share their stories for you guys to relate to as well. Remember, if you want your own personal discovery call, there is the link down in the show notes and make sure you are on the email list when I call out for new participants for the podcast discovery calls. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Tell me what's going on. What is What has your fertility journey been like? It has been very long and we're still currently on it. Um, me and my husband have been trying to have a baby since we got married eight and eight and a half years ago. Okay. Um, and I saw on your form that uh, you're dealing with some tubal issues and some thyroid issues. Is that correct? Yes. And it's been kind of odd over the years because they'll, they'll do a scan and everything looks great. And then, you know, months go by, they'll do another one and then a tube is blocked. And then a year will go by and they'll do it again and they're open again. So it's like back and forth. But my most recent um, ultrasound, which it was at the beginning, like February of this year, showed they were both blocked this time. Okay. Okay. So and I've never had that. Yeah. Both blocked. Okay. Um, and then where are you currently with your thyroid health? So all my, they call it subclinical hypothyroid because every time they do the, the panel, like the really long thyroid panel, every number is within range except the TSH Okay. because they want it below two. And so we were going through, um, uh, IVF, like FET cycle and they put me on Synthroid. And I'm just not responding to it. They keep increasing the medicine and my TSH just stays at what it is. Okay. So we're, we're looking into switching to armor to see if I respond better to a more natural, you know, derivative, I guess, yeah. compared to the synthetic synthroid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so what's the journey through IVF been like? Well, we tried for over a year on our own and I wanted to go see an REI and my husband was just not ready. He wanted to try another year. So we gave it a whole nother year. Then, um, so two years into it, we saw the REI, we did three IUIs, none of them worked. So then we, um, 
took a break for a little while. Then we did three more IUIs because he was not ready to go on into IVF, even though I was at that time. And those didn't work either. And we just couldn't come to agreements on IVF. And so we ended up learning about embryo adoption, um, where other people who've been through IVF have embryos that they're not going to use and they'll donate them to other couples. Yeah. And so that seemed like the perfect option for us because it wasn't creating our own that we would not use all of them, but we could use someone else's that was already ready to go. And it's a lot less meds and it's a much faster process um, and cheaper because of it. And we did one, um, we, on my first transfer of two untested embryos, I was pregnant for the first time ever. And that was about six years into our journey. And um, the first ultrasound was great at six weeks. And then I went back for the nine week ultrasound with no symptoms. They were both already um, passing away. Like they called it a missed abortion. Yeah. And so, um, and I thought I lost them naturally when I quit the medicine and then months later ended up having to have a DNC mm-hmm. like months and months later. And then a month after the DNC, we were gearing up to do another transfer of some other donated embryos. And the doctor would not clear me for the transfer because he said that there was something in my uterus that he uh, he assumes is a complication from the DNC because the tissue had been in there so long that when they when they removed it the spot that they removed it from created like a huge fibroid that took up like half of my uterus yeah I mean it was a it was a lot of bleeding and stuff going on so that kind of messed that up (laughs) so then I ended up having a second surgery and um you know time went by again and then we actually just did a third like a second FET and this time the embryo was tested and it was only one of them and it it didn't even work it wasn't even successful all right wow um that's a big journey my friend big big journey (laughs) (laughs) lots of lows (laughs) yeah okay um so moving to embryo adoption you guys chose that because it was just an easier process to go through IVF or you chose that because you were, um, you didn't think you and your uh, husband could create healthy embryos. So me and my husband completely, we could not find a common ground when it came to IVF and we are on the exact ends of the spectrum. I believed that we would not get any embryos And my husband thought we would get way too many embryos and we couldn't even agree like what we would do if we did get several because we only, he only wanted one more child, even though I would be fine with having more than one. Um, And he only wanted to like use one of them, you know, and have the one child. And I was like, there's, there's no guarantee in that. Like we may use all of them and still not have a child or we could use the first one and it work and then we have several embryos left what are we going to do with them and we couldn't agree on what even what we would do with them and yeah. so I was like because he was like well we'll give them to another couple and I'm like oh no you're not that's our stuff <laughs> and yet we're the ones that ended up using other people's <laughs> using, yeah wow but it, was a ground, it was a common ground for us because yeah. it allowed me to be pregnant 
and to, you know, I wanted to be pregnant. I wanted to give birth. I wanted to breastfeed and I'm not ready to let that go. And yeah. for him, a baby's a baby. So he's like, I mean, I'm, I don't care that it's somebody else's genetic material because you're growing it and you're, we're bringing it into our home and it's our baby. And so yeah. that was, that was just the common ground for us. And, and at the time that we found, because no, nobody mentioned embryo adoption to us. We didn't know anything about it. And we were actually doing a home study to do like a domestic infant adoption Yeah. when we found out about it and we just kind of switched course. Yeah. I mean, it's usually not brought up until the doctors feel like that's your only option because most people would um, just want to try with their own first. And then when they, you know, aren't successful, then they're like, okay, hey, we, you know, they say like, your your eggs aren't healthy enough you can't do anything yeah. about it so just use someone else's yeah. which is untrue but so yes. I think probably no one mentioned it to you because it's usually not necessarily the an option many people go to without yeah. medical diagnosis if that makes sense so oh, it's yeah, really but- interesting it's like really fascinates me oh, that we- yeah. well and, it's, and we're the odd couple because like my husband is 13 years older than me Okay. And so he's, he's late forties at this point, he's 48, I'm 35. And, um, he, every time they do like all those six IUIs, you know, every time we would do an IUI, they were always like, your sperm are so good. Like you got sperm of a much younger man. And so we were so hopeful, you know, for the IUI because until I found out more, like the first set of three IUIs we did, I supposedly had open tubes for those, (laughs) but yet none of them worked, you know? And then the second set of three that we did, because our, our local doctor sells them in a group of three. So like you pay one price and it covers three rounds. Okay. And, um, that time I knew one of my tubes was blocked, but the tube that was blocked is my side that usually doesn't ovulate anyway. Like I have found through all these years, you learn so much about your own body and how different we all are. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I have a dominant side. Like one of my sides pretty much ovulates on a regular basis every month. It doesn't rotate every month. And so we did the set of three IUIs, even though we knew our chances were slimmer because my open tube was on my good side that usually ovulates anyway but they didn't they didn't work either but every time they would do scans on me the doctors are like your your eggs like you're great like there's no problem with your eggs all your labs are great it's just a tubal thing at this point yeah okay well I'll stop you there they can't they can look at the size of the ovum inside the ovary but the only way you can tell if you have healthy eggs is through IVF yeah okay so um okay they can look at like your you know the uh follicles they can see the size of the follicles they can tell if it's going to release an egg they know all that information but they can't tell you your egg quality until they extract the egg and actually look at its development um, through IVF and then look at its development with healthy sperm. So when you do IVF, they obviously, um, get the sperm. They, they put it with the healthiest. Sometimes they'll use ICSI. So, you know, that it's not necessarily a sperm issue. 
Um, and it's an egg issue. So that was my case. Like I was fine until I got to IVF and then Uh we saw the quality of the embryo slash eggs and they're like well you have crap eggs <laughs> basically uh, yeah so and I've never gotten that step so you yeah. know I just you know who knows <laughs> well okay so your thyroid with your THS um that's a concern for me the fact that you are having open and closed open and closed is another big red flag of inflammation going on in the body uh-huh. Um, do you have any other kind of normal or common health issues that they're not landing you in hospital? You might not even be on medication, but there's things in your body that just is are annoying or a constant issue. Mm, not that I really, not that I really know of, because I'm very, I'm very careful with what I eat and I exercise and I'm a healthy weight and. You know, there's nothing else really I've ever, infertility has been the first thing that I've really, really struggled with and trying to get to the bottom of it. I feel like I have done everything. Like I have, I keep peeling back layers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we still can't get to the bottom of it. Okay. Uh, What's your personality type like? What is the anxiety levels, the stress, the, the, the like overdoing like how would you describe yourself um I'm definitely type a like I like to be in control and I have a plan and I follow the plan Mm -hmm. and I'm very energetic and outspoken (laughs) yeah yeah I can pick up on that which is a good thing right like I like (laughs) I, I can feel your energy um okay yeah I haven't been afraid to fight for myself throughout this journey (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which is good because that's what you have to do, right? Have you run a Dutch hormone panel? Do you know what your cortisol levels are doing? Um, in the past, when they checked them, they were a little high, but then when they rechecked them, they were normal. With blood tests, with hor- well, with any test, right? It's a snapshot in time, and because your body is always fluctuating, right? Especially thyroid panels or hormone panels, you can get them. And it can literally um, become dramatically different, which it sounds like a lot of your tests are just like so up and down. Yes. I'm wondering or linking the connection to, you know, the planning, the controlling, the type A, the always doing the achieving, the energetics of like, are you still moving through this fertility journey at hyper speed, which maybe your whole life has been like that. And if so, that is contributing to, you know, some inflammation that is, is maybe affecting a quality. Have you had your high natural killer cells checked? That would be a, like, I would really want to know that because when I, when I got my natural killers checked, I was so healthy. Like you, you could not fault me in my health and I still (laughs) had natural killer cells and my IVF, my second IVF that I got healthy embryos on, I didn't, I, it didn't work. Um, so this is the big thing when people feel like they're healthy and they're doing all the things right, there can still be these underlining health issues that Uh are contributing to the problem. And the fact that you've never got pregnant 
Mm-mm. even with IUI and that you weren't able to um that the second IVF wasn't successful I would dig there okay yeah because I don't think anybody's ever checked that level and I've had tons and tons of you yeah. know labs and I don't think that's ever I don't remember that word ever coming up yeah, and you would have to run it through a, most fertility clinics are doing them now. It's not something that regular OBGYNs do, but explore okay. your options. I know that I run a test that we look at some some antibody markers, but that there for me is a it feels like you're always running a high level of cortisol, which is going to shunt a bunch of different other hormones. Okay. And looking at the control, the planning, the type A in you and asking yourself, where can you slow down? Are you still working a full-time job? No, I actually stay at home um, and work part-time. So you stay at home. Okay. And how's that feeling for you? Um, I like that. So we do throughout this journey, we did end up um, adopting a baby out of foster care, which is our daughter who is now seven. She just turned seven. Um, So ever since she's been old and like ever since she came along, I've stayed at home. I'm a nurse myself. And so we I work PRN. So it's kind of as needed. You have to work at least twice a month to keep your name on the schedule. So I've always kind of done that just to keep my license up and to you know not forget everything I know um but then when she got old enough to go to school we homeschool her so I'm mostly at home with her homeschooling and then I usually work one day a week sometimes two days a week okay so you have a good life balance right like it's not yeah because Um, I like getting out because I can speak to other adults and I can do something productive at work. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I like being at home and being flexible and, you know, my schedule's my own on the days I'm at home. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and you don't have to answer this. Um, but I want to get you thinking, okay, because this is, we're trying to find the holes. Like there's, there's obviously something going on this isn't, I just don't believe it's just one of those things. Do you know where the type A and the control and like the over planning and all that comes from? Like, can you see from your childhood of like why you're like that? And it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just trying to like, you know. I am not sure because as far as I can remember back, like I've always been like that. Like, you know, even as a, I was the firstborn and my parents were extremely strict. Okay. And, um, I've just always like, as far as, I don't know, as far as I can remember, I've always been that way. And I don't really know how that, where that came from, because my mother is, my mom and dad both are not that way. (laughs) Okay. Um, how many siblings or yeah, brothers and sisters do you have? So I am the oldest, and then I have a brother that's five years younger than me. Okay, so a younger brother. Yeah, uh, because my mother also had a lot of trouble getting pregnant. Did your mom, what was your mom like in the home then? Sorry, yeah, she stayed at home with us. So she was very, um, 
and you know do this do that you know follow the rules make everything good you know make everything perfect perfect you know expected a level like things were never good enough for her you know what I mean and so I know that's where my perfectionism comes from because I grew up always thinking it needed to be better or I could I could do better you know Mm -hmm. and so I know that comes from there but as far as like the go I don't know I don't know where the go-getter or the outspokenness really comes from because she's not really outspoken yeah um did you have to take care of your brother or like or were you just allowed to be a kid no I was allowed to be a kid we were best friends up until I left for college because with a five-year age gap there (laughs) yeah it all you know it we completely lost touch at that point when I left home because he was hitting puberty at 13 and here I was 18 and I left out of state to go to college. So once I left to go to college, I only came home, you know, for the two week Christmas break and then in the summers and he was a teenager then and doing his friend thing. So, yeah. But no, growing up, we were best friends growing up because it was just the two of us to play together. Yeah. Have you reconnected since in your adulthood? Um, not really just because of life choices he's made. I've not seen him for years. How did it feel when you went to college and you had all of a sudden all this freedom? Loved it. (laughs) Loved every minute of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like because your mom struggled with fertility, do you feel like you always might've had that in the back of your mind that you would struggle to? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes, there's absolutely a point there where we are dealing with genetics. From- and that's why I didn't even I just I knew my mom had tried for years and years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry, we're 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 getting cut up. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying um about your mom and the fertility issues and getting that into your subconscious mind? Definitely always thought I would have at least some trouble just because it took her so, I mean, she tried for seven years before I came along. A little something genetic going on, but me and my husband tried for a whole year without me even thinking about it. Just because I just knew, I wasn't concerned at all in the beginning but as the years and years yeah okay so this is a potential major subconscious block for you is that even as a a young child or an adolescent that you just put into your subconscious mind that it was going to be hard for you because it was hard for your mom and because we are brought up to believe you know our genetics are set in stone whatever your parents got you're gonna get um that can be, you know, just a major block for you. And then when the evidence comes that you're not getting pregnant easily and naturally and these IUIs aren't going to work, you're you're just proving yourself right. See, I told you, I told you we were going to struggle. See, this is this was going to be an issue. So it'd be really interesting for you to do a little bit of work and release around that belief that it it's hard for you because your mom had issues. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Yeah. So 
working on yes. that belief system is is it almost feels like there's this huge wall that got put up before you even started. Oh, I heard, I heard everything you said. And I, I agree. I've just, I've recently kind of been looking into the mind, like mindset. Mm -hmm. I haven't kind of uncovered all that, I guess. Yeah. It's usually the last pe like place people look, and this has really shifted in my coaching in the last year. Um, because we think and to a certain degree it is true that getting pregnant is a physical act right like we are physical yeah. beings we're having <laughs> physical babies but when we do everything physically right diet lifestyle lower toxins supplements use medical assistance and it's still not working for no apparent reason that's when you have to shift gears and go okay yeah. how has my past energetically and emotionally blocked me in a sense of either putting up um, these invisible barriers or even creating the disease right so mm -hmm. as a young girl growing up in a really strict environment and maybe there was other you know things in there as well and we don't you know need to get into them on the podcast we're just here to like open up your, your mind right yeah were you always have you always been in a chronic state of fight or flight and your cortisol just crazy all over the place causing this inflammation with the tubes opening the tubes closing the tubes opening you know the tsh always fluctuating is that just a subconscious and a, and a, a process, a physical process that your body's like, well, this is what we naturally do. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is normal. Yeah. And because you feel that it's normal, you might not feel like you have anything quote unquote wrong physically with you because that's how you've always felt. And maybe yeah. your, your body has just never been allowed to be in a state of rest and recovery um, of, you know, like, it's okay not to be perfect. I don't have to overdo, right? I homeschooled my, my first um, for a year and um, it was really stressful. I have a degree in early education. I worked with kids for 20 years before this, like, it's still not a necessarily um, uh, like ease, right? And especially because you're always concerned, am I doing good enough? And especially if you're running this perfection piece, you know, like, oh, well, how, we have to do this. We have to do this. And we're going, going, going. So it's really slowing down and having a look of like, am I overdoing it? it, it am I just always on a constant state of go? even though I do have the life that I love, am I overstressing myself out in places that I don't need to? That is a very good thing to think about. And I don't know how, I don't know how I would cut back on some of that, you know? Mm -hmm. I know it's hard. It, it's really hard. Um, the first step is, um, well, first what I talk about, what I'm seeing now is this layered system, right? there was decades of silent subconscious issues getting to the fertility state to a, a state of fertility issues 
right? They don't happen just the moment you start trying to conceive. It doesn't work like that. Then there's the compounded stress emotionally, physically, and mentally, financially of fertility issues, especially after eight years, right? Um, so breaking down where we can release and heal and surrender in some of these aspects. And sometimes it has to just start with the fertility issues journey. Like, where can we slow down? Where can we get rid of some of the to-do list? Where can we get over the overthinking, the overplanning, the overdoing, and just surrender to the process? And that allows us to then heal probably the core issues that contribute to the fertility issues in the first place. Um, and looking at life of like, okay, where am I, where am I, where am I doing? I don't want to say good enough, but like, where am I doing my best? And, and where is that line of my best? And then going more, the going to the Pinterest mom, right? Like I thought I was going to be a Pinterest mom. It does not like, I, I was stressed out. And because I was going through this work and this journey, I was like, okay, I got to surrender that. Like my kid does not need to know like whatever, right? Like (laughs) uh, he will be fine. So it's really like analyzing that for yourself and just going, okay, where can I slow down? And sometimes it takes you a while to get there because you're like, no, that's super important. No, that's super important. And if you could just be radically honest with yourself while you're moving through these things and go, okay, yeah. um, You know, even being like the taxi mom, right? Like I see these mom running their kids to like five, six different events a week. And I'm like- Every single day, yep. Yep, Mm -hmm. I'm like, nope, absolutely not. One, that does nothing for my health. And two, I know with my background and especially the stuff I'm learning now, that is not bettering my kid. You know, that's putting stress on them. That's putting this like perfectionism, this type A, and we're going to repeat the cycle. Whether my kid is adopted, um, an egg donor or my biological one, right? Your energy, what you're doing is going to go on them because they trust you. Mm-hmm. And their brains are like little sponges. So they don't even have an option until like age eight or nine to start rebelling anyways. So it's really, you know, I think for you, it's um, just some of these hidden belief systems that create your physical reality. And it sounds like it's just, it's overdrive and it's been overdrive for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the good news is, is that I don't want to say it's an easy fix because this work is some of the hardest work you have to do, but you're not facing a huge challenge of major structural issues, major mm-hmm. physical issues that are going to take months to heal, you mm-hmm. know, but you do have to get radically honest, which is, I do as I know it's one of the hardest things to do. I'm still doing it. I still like look at myself. I'm like, oh, why didn't you see that five months ago? Like, come on now. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, and there's obviously something in you that is, is keeping you going, you know, in this journey, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone has a different level of stop. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes that's a really good place to start. Like, what is, okay. what is keeping me going? Why do I really want this? Um, okay. Is this because society has told me? Is this because of my self-worth that I'm trying to, you know, this is a harsh reality too. Am I doing this? Because I, that's the only way I'll get be worthy is by having my own child. Um, and it doesn't, or not my own child, because for you, maybe just being naturally pregnant or being mm -hmm. pregnant, right? Yeah. Sound like a biological, like I need my own child type of thing. Which yeah. is not a good or a bad thing. There's no judgment here. Um, but really tapping into that why and if you can get centered into, into a healthy why, then you can move into healthy practices. And the fact of the matter is when we're talking about reversing fertility issues, we're actually talking about reversing long time patterns and habits and belief systems. Yeah. And it, it, no one can actually fix your fertility because it all stems from up here. So your hypothalamus, your pituitary, your penile, mm -hmm. your thyroid, your adrenals, your gut health, that is controlling your fertility. So what is going up here that's triggering your thyroid to go do, 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 right? Is it overthinking, overanalyzing, overplanning, overgoing, um, holding on to something so tight, your cortisol is just like, ah, you know? And it's just mm -hmm. blocking. Like if you have high levels of cortisol on a consistent basis, even if they mm -hmm. sometimes dip down, that's just a recipe for disaster. It literally does not matter what your um, diet is, what your supplements are. It's just going to hijack everything. Okay. Um, how does that resonate? How is the, what would you say is the best way to get that down? Because <laughs> you know, even if you feel like even on the days I don't feel stressed or the days I feel relaxed, you know, how do you, I guess, how do you kind of stay in that rhythm, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess it's first, you need to recognize what rhythm you actually are in. So it's really um, being very self-aware. Okay. So even on the days of relaxation, what is that relaxation compared to your stressful days? Are we really relaxing or are we just not like, are we on the go? So it's like finding that baseline first, like what is my default? So even just watching yourself for a week and be like, wow, even on my relaxing days, I'm overthinking. I'm, I'm planning for the next okay. day. You know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, so a lot of times we judge um, we judge ourselves either to others or the standard and, and we'll be like, Oh, well, we're not that bad compared to that person. But it's like, mm -hmm. well, what about inside of you? Are, are we just on this constant loop? Have we ever really truly settled down and taken a look at healing why we got here in the first place? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So reflecting, just take it like taking a week or two, not to change anything, mm -hmm. just to be the observer of your okay. thoughts. Where are you always like, what is your constant pattern of your thoughts? What's your constant emotion? You know, if you're like 80% always like, like this, like that's just going to mm -hmm. rule your life. It doesn't matter about that other 20%, right? Okay. And then when you get, 
to that point of like, okay, I see where I'm at. It's, it's then finding the modalities that are going to help you, right? What do mm -hmm. you need? Do you need accountability? Do you need um, a modality that is more intense for a while because it's too hard to get into meditation, right? Mm -hmm. Like some people just can't go from crazy yeah. type A to meditating for five min minutes. So finding those modalities that are going to help you stay in the present moment. I have a client that um, she's like, well, I walk every day. I'm like, okay, when you're walking, what are you doing? She's like, well, I'm overthinking. And I think about this and I listen to a podcast <laughs> or I listen to a book. And I was like, so you're basically like speed walking and are on crack in your brain, even though you think you're getting outside and going for a walk. Yeah. You know, can you observe yourself on this walk? Can you watch your thoughts go by or do you ruminate and make a story out of your thoughts? Or, you know, I am like, I totally know how it is. I'm an over consumer of things. So there's mm -hmm. many years that I had my headphones in all the time. It's like, you're not being present. You're not actually feeling what you need no. to feel to actually put into place all the shit you just learned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're just relearning the stuff over and over again and you're not actually putting it into practice mm. um so just becoming the observer and being really self-aware and not critical mm. but just honest with yourself right okay. because the fact of the matter is that the things that you have done over the last eight and a half years just haven't worked mm-hmm so you got to completely get rid of the playbook other than knowing your diet and what's right for you mm -hmm. and the targeted supplementation if needed um, and going, okay, how can I start really implementing these things to slow down and mm -hmm. change, change my life? Um, yeah. And it will, I mean, there's enough science out there that your emotions, your thought patterns, your belief systems, your stored energy, your you know, all that mm -hmm. has an impact on your physical being. Because if you mm -hmm. think about anger, right? Like think about being really angry. You feel mm -hmm. it. You yeah. feel the anxiety. You feel these things. So how are they not having a physical impact? And they're connected to all of your hormone system and your vega nerve and your nervous system. Um, your brain, everything, it's all connected. So for you, it's going to be definitely getting really radical with yourself, becoming self-aware, slowing down. Forgiveness is going to be a good thing too, right? Forgiving okay. um, the past, whatever's going on, diving into the past. Mm -hmm. I have an older brother um, and I know we were best friends growing up and we don't have a really great, not that we have a bad mm -hmm. relationship, but we don't have a relationship because of life choices, right? Mm -hmm. We don't connect. And it's sad. It, it You know, yeah. it's sad and it impacts. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, dealing with those emotions. Um, and yeah, I, I think the first start for you though, and I'll give you some show notes and some places to look and stuff okay. is releasing that subconscious belief that this is mm -hmm. hard that you're, you're going to struggle with it because that like it, I did it too, because my mom had a hysterectomy at like 32. She was wow. really lucky to get pregnant with us, like really yeah. young, <laughs> <laughs> because if she would have waited, she wouldn't have been able to have kids. Yeah. 
Um, But I had that belief system because my mom Mm -hmm. had a hysterectomy when I was like a teenager. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to struggle too. I don't want to say you create create it because I know that's really harsh to hear. But um, those belief systems contribute to Mm -hmm. the reality. So if we can change those beliefs, we can change the reality. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 Is there anything else that you want to ask me or talk about? I don't know. You answered answered all my questions I had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope this like resonated and it wasn't too harsh. (laughs) No, no, I like, I'm a blunt person. So I like it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And like I said, I'll send you some, um, some places to start exploring um, and really digging into and, and just know that this journey moving forward, um, the baby's going to be the cherry on top, no matter how you get there. Right. It's becoming that conscious mama and changing, you know, the rhythm inside of you and the energetics inside of you that is going to bring you the most joy. Right. The baby um okay. is not going to bring you extra self-worth extra love extra joy um if anything they'll become triggers of all the fetus <laughs> inside of you yeah <laughs> right so the more you can get to a place of worth self-love self-joy all those before the baby comes the better off everyone is on the planet to be honest yeah that's what I feel like I've struggled with a lot is just having joy in the everyday Mm -hmm. you know yeah 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 I know yeah (laughs) and it's getting back to that place because you got to think about it whether or not you believe the spirit babies are up there right you have to look you have to pretend that they're watching you and yeah people get pregnant all the time who maybe shouldn't have a baby but that's their journey and you can't compare it. You got to think of your baby and are they looking down at you and going, eh, no, that's stressful. I'm not, I'm not participating in that. Can you please sort that out before I come down? (laughs) You know, um, if a baby came right now and I know you have a child in your life, but another one, what does that really look like? in your emotional state or in your anxiety or your type A-ness, you know, are you going to have space um, to give more of yourself when maybe you're feeling depleted anyways, right? So have a really honest conversation with yourself and then those become your answers. Oh, I don't believe that. Or, oh, I don't feel worthy. Or, oh, if I'm really honest with myself, yeah, my gut health isn't great. That's where I need to hyper-focus on, not stressing over ovulation or over that. Yeah. And I do believe that the inflammation that you're having is largely contributed to that overstressing, that overanalyzing, Mm -hmm. the overplanning, because that's what we, we do as type A people Mm -hmm. and the diet and the supplementation and, and the acupuncture and even the medical treatment almost becomes um this uh like the tangible thing you can hold on to like see i am trying i am doing and type a people always have achieved whatever they wanted to achieve right they've always done it Mm. 
but they've always been in overdrive. And most things you can do and achieve in your life in overdrive. Will you pay for it in the end? Yeah, eventually your health will suffer. But with yeah. fertility, all that contributed to the fertility issues. Yeah. And it's a bitter, you know, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Like, <laughs> yeah. but if you're ready and you want a different life and you're done with the BS, you will make those hard shifts and change. It could be a slow process or a quick process. It just depends on how, how, how much longer do you want to go on this journey? That's what I say to people. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, how much do I have to do? It's like, how long do you want to be on the journey? Because that's your choice, right? It's yeah. healing can be slow and gentle. And if you feel like you have that time, then that can be your space. If you want it, if like, um, I read like, so I had, I don't know how long ago it was. I want to say like two years ago, I had a point in my life where I had everything I wanted, but I still wasn't happy, truly happy. Right. And my body, the way that it finally gets my attention is that I get a heavy chest. Like I'll get like a closed throat, super heavy chest. And I feel like I can't move through anything. And so I found a local emotional freedom tapper and she's like, well, this was October. She's like, I don't have anything until January. I was like, absolutely not. Like I, I cannot, yeah. abs I can't, I've already sat here long enough. Yeah. So I went online and I luckily found someone that I, I really like. And I always recommend if emotional freedom tapping is your, mm -hmm. is something you want to look into. And um, instantly it was like this weight. And then another thing came over yeah. and then I was like, I knew exactly where to go. And now I have a yeah. modality called Psych K that I use for myself and my clients. And it's like, how fast do I want to move through this? And you just mm -hmm. get to choose. And sometimes things are really heavy and you can just sit in them for a while and you might need to explore different modalities and do different things mm -hmm. until you're ready to really release it. Okay. But, um, but it's doable. It's absolutely doable. Anyone can do it. And okay. I'm very interested in that because the, you know, I probably didn't even get into the mindset, even looking into it and except for maybe the past year. And it, it is very interesting. And I've come across like a lot of good research and stuff on it. Um, but that's kind of what, and that's why I've been interested listening to your podcast and, um, and I've attended a couple of fertility summits, you know, mm -hmm. online where different speakers come and they mention different things. And it has really led me down some rabbit trails <laughs> because I, I mean, I find that very interesting, but I hadn't like landed on like the one person yet that can help me do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, I'm, I'm interested in that. And I think I'm interested in that. And I think that would be very beneficial to me, but I haven't found like the right person yet, I guess that I've tried yeah. to try it with. And I yeah. don't know if I'm just like waiting too long. Do I just need to go for it? You know, <laughs> I think the thing is, is but. you just always have to trust your intuition. Right. And when you come to the right person, you just feel it and you know, and you, it, you move through that. Um, and this part is scary because it's really personable, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think people mm -hmm. would rather talk about their poo than 
<laughs> their emotions <laughs> at this stage of the game. And um, it's just a, it's a interesting, it's been interesting to watch this evolve in the fertility space because, you know, people weren't even talking about gut health and diet when I was going through this. And now this is regular common knowledge, right? And now it's kind of shifted yeah. like, there's a whole group of women like, we've done that. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that's what, how my coaching's evolved too, because I've been evolving this way too. My, my fertility issues were all physical and I see it in some people. Sometimes it's just a physical thing. It's not an emotional mm -hmm. block where now me going through my emotional blocks I think I can express this and I can talk about it and go, Hey, I can, there, there is a link to your fertility now. Um, yeah. so it's, it, I don't want to say it's brand new, but I do think it's, it's not as well talked about. And I mm. have found too, even though I've known about the mindset and stuff, it's a very tricky thing to tell a group of women who almost are in victim mode, mm -hmm. a lot of them, that, hey, your mindset, hey, your your belief system are contributing to your fertility issue. It's, yeah. it's hard to articulate that in a way that you, because um, you don't want to upset anyone, right? Like you're not yeah. out here trying to piss people off, but at the same time, you're like, like, no, seriously, even you telling yourself you're infertile, you know, and all these like catchphrases, infertile AF, my body's broken, all that, that if you truly subconsciously believe that you will prove yourself right. You will continue to self-sabotage, stay in those loops, not stick to your diet, you know, whatever it is, you will continue to do that. So it's, it's tricky for coaches because you, you do get a lot of hate. <laughs> this, the satellite. Yeah, the satellite must have like gone away again. Gone <laughs> away. Order, order yeah, because I, I pulled over and turned it, you know, turned the car off and just went sat in here. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, if there's nothing else that you want to talk about today, I'm going to give you some show notes and really give you some links to explore okay. and look into. Okay. You'll see that there's going to be a big session section about following your intuition and really okay. tapping in to what's right for you, where you okay. move forward, how you move forward. That's like the first step. Just get in tune with your body. Okay. Your body will always tell you the right answer if you slow gotcha. down enough and listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. It was such a pleasure to meet you. I'm so glad you reached out and we had this conversation. Thank you and so thanks much. For sharing your journey. It's really going to support a lot of people too. Thank you. I enjoy talking to you. Yeah. All right. Have a great day. You Bye. too. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.